welcome to When Will It End. It is the movie podcast. We watch the movies. We watch a whole a hat. It's a, a new Debbie oh, Company a, yeah, tour hat because I'm a freaking. It looked like a lady in a circle. It's oh, it a, is. It's, it's a, a skeleton, skeleton of a lady named Bertha wearing a crown of roses. It's really a, weird that I can tell that it's a lady skeleton, even though it's just bones. What does that mean about me? Um, like Christopher Nolan, all you can really imagine is dead women. Wow. Actually, no. In this movie, because we're talking about Batman Begins, no dead women. Well, hold on. They're well, actually, there are a few, but. There, I want to talk about Miss Wayne. I know. Very weirdly, rewatching it this time so gets sad. such short shrift in this film that it is a little conspicuous. But yes, um, you know the podcast listener. You love us. You download us. You say it's the guys that are going to talk about the movies. Well, we watch the movies. them. We watch the movies. So we might as well talk about them. Might That's as well talk really about them. Yeah. the slogan. Might as well talk about it. We watch them, so we might as well talk about them. That's hey. true. That's a great slogan. And uh, I'll just repeat my joke from when you got here. Are mm-hmm. you doing Razal Gould today? <laughs> it was worth a repeat. I <laughs> said, Josh, Gould you really should have saved that for the today? podcast. And he said, don't worry, I will say it again. Yeah. Um, uh, his cousin's uh, Raza Elliot Gould. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, it's Hollywood's a small town. Yeah. It's, it's who you know and who you blow. It's When Will It End, the movie podcast. This week, we're kicking off a new- We're not kicking off. Well, we're kicking off a, a segment of a larger overarching That's, series. This is the first time we've done this, and I think to say we're kicking off sort of isn't the, you know, this is a selling point. We could market this differently. He's getting angry, folks. It's he's getting, P- it's pedant man to say today. He's, uh, so th- we're, we're, actually, we're, 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 you know, when you get on the highway. Sure. Well, uh, let's see where I'm going. So sometimes you, you, every time you get on the highway, you're getting on an on ramp. I feel like it's rare to find the beginning. I've never found the beginning well, of a what? highway. Okay, sometimes you're on the highway, and look, yeah. everyone out there, they're going, yeah, I've been yeah. on the highway. This they're is, probably on the highway right now. This is some slice of life shit. I am one of those people, I really don't want to get off and exit to pee or something. Me neither. Right. Who knows? Sometimes it's one of those exits that just leads you directly onto a smaller highway with even fewer choices. I hate when that happens. No, thank you. I will normally hold out for a rest stop because yeah. as, a, as a frequent traveler from America's highways, I love a good rest stop. So I hear you. I feel like some people are saying, listen, you fucking cowards. If you're going to do the Batman series, do it in one unbroken stream, like, mm. a, like a high quality, small intestinal bowel movement, getting it all out in one go. Right. Like that, yeah. You don't really want to start and stop with that either. You can if you want to. It's not good for you. If you got the muscles for it. Yeah, I feel like there's tissue damage over time yeah. if you're constantly retaining a stream and mid it's complicated. So yes, we started our Batman Odyssey earlier uh about a year ago. About a year ago, yeah. where we we dove into the first chunk, the first four mainstream Hollywood movies of Batman, not counting the delightful uh Adam West Batman T V show movie length feature, which we'll we'll do someday. I think, yeah, I think speaking in terms of um franchises i think it wouldn't really make sense to do a a one-off even though it starts the whole franchise i think it's nice that we're doing like first franchise second franchise and then eventually we'll do the third franchise but the first one maybe we'll do as a bonus but i don't think it really fits our what we like to look at is like how a movie starts and how it grows it wouldn't make a ton of sense to go back several decades before the real thrust of the batman Mm. oeuvre oui oeuvre oui oeuvre oui so, yes, we turn now to the films of one Christopher Nolan. Heard of him? Oh, yeah, it is his theme well, song. Well, he freaking loves the Batman, probably. Is. He sure does. Yeah. Now, here's his theme song. <laughs> hey, here's the best part of this fucking movie. No Hans Zimmer. That no shit Hans. ruled. This is a pre-Hans era. And, like, I don't know. I'm not sure. You sort of grow to hate Nolan. Or maybe you've always hated him. It's hard to say. 
I think, look, we're going to end up talking about this a lot over yeah. the course of the series. I mean, yeah. When Nolan is at his silliest, I really find it very fun. And when he's at his most serious, I find him really unbearable and, mm. and irritating. Like, the, the the worst of fucking Dunkirk are, is the, the parts that are so, you know, Kenneth Branagh, like, you know. Home. Yeah, shit like that. Like, that part sucks. I can see it from everywhere. Right. And then, like, his, his, his ideas about filmmaking are interesting. But again, it's like usually the most silly, fun, fantastic things are shackled to these idiotic rules yeah. that he insists on repeating over and over I again. I cannot wait to watch uh, Tenet. That's what it's called with we're, you. Yeah, we're going to rewatch Tenet. I would love, even if it's in, this isn't Nolan's intention, I wanted to watch it because for me, it is the silliest of Nolan movies. And. All the dialogue is either incomprehensible or ridiculous, and all you get is the silly bullshit that Nolan does really well. Right. And, and I would say if, uh, listeners who have not seen The Prestige, The Prestige is mm, the best Nolan so movie. Silly. It is pure fucking ridiculous. It is so deliciously stupid in the best way. Yeah. And, and you know, we're going to talk about Christian Bale a lot. Um Christian Bale's not great in Batman Begins, but I think he's fantastic in The Prestige. I like him in this. Well, we could talk. He's okay. About, yeah. Okay, so we're talking Batman Begins, and obviously, the first chunk of the Batman movie series left a lot of people with sour taste in their mouth because you have the Burton movies go from you know this absolute mm. genre defining huge movie to a really dark, bizarre, and truly weird in a bad way follow-up batman returns and i know that a lot of people pushing up their fucking glasses frames right now are like actually that's the the good one because it's dark it's like nah that movie's a fucking mess that was the fourth one right no that's the second one Oh, oh, sorry. This the right. Burton. Bert, yeah, that right. movie fucking sucks. It's, like, it's not everyone's fun to watch. new yeah. like twenty year later hot take is that it's the good one. But no, nope, as you just said, incorrect. Uh, it is not fun to watch. Not fun. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I had no fun. The only one I liked, if I remember, was the is third then one. the third one, yeah. which I was about to mention. We, we Burton then goes to Joel Schumacher, and he hits out of the fucking park with mm. 1995's Batman Forever. A movie that is like really beautifully silly. Val Kilmer is great. It's full of ridiculous shit. It features Nicole Kidman uh, doing the oh, horny, right. the yeah, horny yeah, yeah. bat bat oh. light or whatever it's called. What's it called again? The bat light. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the bat sign. The bat mark symbol. of the bat. The marks. The the bat. The bat man. The f- isn't it funny like when you get older and like shit like Star Wars stops being important to you or, or like things as a kid you knew everything about it. Now I can't think of the bat thing. The bat beam, the bat ray, it's the bat light. Definitely not those. It's just the bat symbol. It's not the bat symbol. Yeah, it is. Fuck, this is embarrassing. Wait, isn't it? It's maybe. Well, wait, I got one. Remember we did the jokes okay. in the first part? I got a joke. Okay. I just made it up though. Okay. It might be better. Remember Bino.com? Remember Bino.com? Yes, listeners. Well, they're back. That we got jokes from Bino.com, um, a great joke website. When you want to. When you when when Batman says something terrible on Twitter, you can bat him using the bat symbol. Mm, bat signal. Signal. That's it. Not the bat signal. Okay. All right. Okay. So yes, not um, a good joke. Schumacher, Batman Forever, d- delightful movie. My favorite of the first five we've watched. Spoiler. Hmm. Um, Batman plus Robin, truly a waking nightmare. Just a fucking oh, like. God. Uh, talk about a, a a brutal movie to watch. Yeah. So basically, no one has cracked Batman really. The crack of the Batman. Ka-cha! Um. So there's you know this is to take us all back 2005. Heck, we were still in the war in Afghanistan back then. What? I know. That's crazy. It seems forever since that oh war God. ended. But yes, uh, twenty. Well, no, 15, 16 years ago, we were still really in it. Now it's long behind us. It being, uh, you know, Tuesday, two, two weeks ago, <laughs> yesterday. Technically. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Did we get? We got everyone. Everyone's, baby, everyone's dead we or out. Got them out. Everyone's dead or out. Only two ways to get out of Afghanistan at this point. If you're an American, dead or out. 
And uh, anywho, yeah, 2005. Let me say this. Batman Begins, I think, is a really competent, fun movie mm. that has some annoying parts, but by and large, it, it, it's very... I think when, when you think about this being so obviously a franchise, the fucking title is Batman Begins. The, the end of the movie setting up the Dark Knight and the appearance of Joker. This is this movie yeah. is a great example of eating your vegetables, where it's like the first, we don't see Batman for an hour, we, we, and we get a, a really God. strong grounding of what? I hate it when you say that, man. That's all I eat. Oh God damn it! Well, because of my high cholesterol, and which is it's genetic. Okay, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, genetic. Yeah, 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 no judgments here. Well, I do. I was eating like shit. I think because it's been a stressful time. <laughs> yeah, but, but I am now. I'm basically back to being mostly vegetarian or vegan. Cool. And because Allie is gluten free, I've really like. Wow. You know, I'm living a a much different diet. Like a life. monk's life. I'm much like uh, a freaking Razagul up in my freaking right. mountain guy house. You're gonna and grow. You're gonna shave the. You're gonna grow a little racist mustache situation. You better believe it. Yeah. And hey, let's give it up for Batman Begins. Razagul is <laughs> a scary Asian place, but he's actually white. That's Wait, cool. really? I thought he was. Am I totally in racist? I thought he was a Japanese actor. No, no, I'm saying uh, the actual. Oh, 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 the yeah. trick, the trick crowds are cool. Ooh. Well, he was—he's like a London businessman, just like doing yes. doing the legal shit for. Because uh, freaking economics is actually crime. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. You're saying yeah. this oh, movie's yeah, like eating your is, vegetables, right? Right. Okay, so it's like the first hour. I think they do a really better than any of the films we've seen so far. We really set up the emotional stakes of Batman in a very clean and efficient way. It's less weird and fetishistic than Zack Snyder to come. Though that said, those movies are really fun to watch. Yeah, oh, um, can't wait for next. Yeah, it's like basically an orgasmic uh, experience in, in, in Zack Snyder's vision. Of... We get the pearls in that too, right? Oh, no, the pearls uh, are a lot of pearls. Um, I love that the pearls... This is actually really restrained. Yeah, comparatively. you barely see a pearl spin on the ground. Right, which is, you know, usually the scattering of the pearls Ugh. is, yeah. Uh, so, so we get all of the beats of the Batman movie in a way that I like because this movie does a, a really difficult thing where it's like, imagine you didn't know who Batman was. Because a big part of mm. both the Burton and Schumacher films is that the premise is that, look, we all know who Batman is. Let's just race into Batman doing Batman stuff for the most part. Yeah. And, and this movie, I think, wisely finds a, a quick and relatively well-paced first half of the movie setting up how we got to this guy being Batman in a way that is really well done. And in a way that I, I think is a little less tiresome than a lot of other Nolan movies. And by the time we get to the Bat, about an hour and three minutes in, we're really the table's been fully set, and mm. it sets up a back half that I would say is. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Typically, Nolan, and that's a little overstuffed, and uh, the worst parts are when we get into like this weird studio notey stuff in this, where all the stuff with the, with the fucking Batmobile. Everyone's like, everyone has yeah. a fucking crack for this fucking I know. thing. I know that was like one of the few things I noticed felt off was when Gary Oldman says. Oh boy, I gotta get me one of those. It's like, is this an ad? And his fucking his tongue rolls out. Yeah, he turns into a wolf. Yeah, he tries to fuck the car. So uh, he sticks his dick in the freaking the exhaust pipe. Everywhere. Says, no, Gary. No. They call him Gary. Right, at that point. That's on set. <laughs> yeah, that's just Gary. Just that's talk. not Jim Gordon. That's Gary. Um. So yeah, you know. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on revisiting this? Because uh, you're you're a bigger fan yeah. of Nolan than I, and you've seen this movie. I'm gonna guess more than I have. I don't know, actually. That's one thing. I, I, I've only seen it two or three times, and I think I fell asleep one of those times. I had this period where I was like watching movies late at night and then just falling asleep during the second half of them. So uh, this is the first time I've watched it in its entirety 
in probably 15 years because I think I had a good stint when it first came out in theaters. I saw it once or twice and then I watched it at home once and that's it. So this is like a brand new experience and it's amazing how much of it I really remembered. And I think that's sort of a testament to how good in a lot of ways Nolan is, is that a lot of movies, they they I watch them and they just float out of my brain. And it's a, it could be a, the one of the best experiences I've ever had. Like we, I just I was re-listening to Embrace the Serpent episode to make it a tale from the real deal for our Patreon show, and like wow, I like, I'm sure maybe if I watched it again, some stuff would come back, but like almost all of it is gone from my mind. It was oh, one of my really? favorite experiences oh, that's of so that sad year. To me. I, could, I, could, I remember I the ending in color. It. Charles was talking about our old podcast, uh, the real deal, Josh and Charles, yeah. uh, talking about the great movie Embrace the Serpent. I, I oh the the visuals from that are <sighs> burned in my memory. So that's the thing is a lot of people say oh that's a sad thing, but no, it's amazing because that means I get to basically. Watch one of my yeah. favorite movies again and have a lot of it hit like new. This, so much of it was like, oh, it's the car chase scene. Like, every, like, it's like when you have a favorite song, it's like, oh, I know what that beat's going to turn into. And it's weird yeah. that that all f- came back to me. 15 years later and, and I think the guy who's done the most dirty in this movie it was it was with it's during a, a, a Killian Murphy scene that I remembered oh okay and he works for Raza Ghoul and that's, yeah that's, I thought like, that was the next one right, and I was like right. oh shit the, yeah. all this is in here no so that's where it all came together for me as well but uh, yeah I, I want I Killian Murphy I think maybe is the best he <laughs> might be my MVP in this movie because he shows up playing like a just a cold-eyed we, fucking killer can we just break tradition and yeah I, sure that is my he was okay, my yeah, mvp okay, too right. which he's is just, weird he's like a you know his career is interesting he never really uh, coming out of you know uh, uh, 28 weeks later or 28 weeks he wasn't in weeks what's i don't I haven't seen either of them the first oh one. i can't wait for months wow because 28 days yeah day, they are so good i can't believe like that's a i know you don't really like boil but you know i should see them i'm not saying 28 I days later is amazing okay well and then 28 weeks later is a, a great sequel maybe we can do it yeah, for we'll the patreon let's do um it. now that you finished your home studio so that's very exciting i tested it last night i'm excited to put my little bottom in the seats and do we it don't have you. seats yet so okay. so uh so it was fine that we waited yeah absolutely okay we have we have chairs we're but... in my stupid office with its beautiful natural lights I'm, i don't feel like i'm dying all day yeah no this is like nice. in a bat like crypt i mean i watched so i watched this movie this afternoon and I, it, it made me, I, I liked it. I, you know, it's not, a, it's like, I think I'm going to give it, I haven't rated it yet on uh, Letterboxd, but I think it's like a, a good three and a half star. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was going to rate it. Yeah. Because it, it's competent. It's fun. I think the, like in the inception moments with uh, Ariadne are sort of there, but they're much more woven into the dialogue rather than me like, Here's how everything works. Well, no, you're, you're right. I was, I'm impressed. It's, it's sort of like, you know, a, a director being a good boy to make the big studio movie thing where maybe like thinking about our Joel Guy Ritchie series we did on the Patreon. He looking was a at, bad boy sometimes. He was, but, but Guy's efforts to make franchise movies, he mostly does a pretty loyal job of like, I'm going to try to make this pretty much down the line for people because I would like this to be a hit. Yes. And of course he failed miserably. Weird. Um, so yeah, Nolan dials down some of his like incredibly meticulous bullshit that that really, uh, the, the persnickety rules that he loves. Though there, there is another one annoying studio note moment where when the the <laughs> the, the white blue collar uh, uh, water guys, when they're in the water tower, and I feel like we'd have this information conveyed to us repeatedly, and they're like, if the train with the microwave know, and gets to Wayne Tower... It's all whole... gonna blow up. He's, right. They like, keep cutting we, back to We him. just got told, that, and then they sigh at the end. It's like, well, I think we know 
there's things like that where I'm like, I don't know why this is included in this movie. Like, it's yes. pretty clear what the stakes are. And I, I can't tell if that's Nolan or the mo- the studio. No, being that, like, I mean, so I'm, I'm just quickly looking up his, his uh, directing credits just to make sure I'm on the right page. But, like, especially if you compare this to his, his movies before it, um, like, uh, Memento, wait. Well, he did, uh, he did what, Insomnia before this, I yeah. believe. So, yeah. yeah, sorry, I'm on and Insomnia right. is a fucking good movie. Yeah, dude. You got freaking Al Pacino's, sure Robbie Williams, Robin So yeah, Williams. so but like he's like he was known for making Memento. The like people are like, I can't. My brain is fucked. I can't understand a goddamn thing about that movie. And then uh, he did Insomnia, and then this. So like, I definitely see a big like he was not explaining himself really at all in his first stuff. And then suddenly he's now working for Warner Brothers, and he's got lines like over and over again. Do you know why we fold down, Master Wayne? Well, callbacks, it's to pick yourself up again. The callbacks in the last third of this movie are hysterical. Everyone yeah. has a callback. Every, like, fucking Rachel gives him the arrowhead. He finds daddy's stethoscope. He uh, he says the thing to Razagul about looking at your surroundings, which Razagul at that point has said to him, like, at least three times or something. Yeah. And, and, so, back, and this is the thing. One yeah. of those, like, the arrowhead would have been a nice moment by itself. The stethoscope would have been a touching moment by itself. But somebody's yeah. just, like force and it's sort of you were talking earlier like it just feels very the table is overset and then we're like you must eat everything on the table yeah i just feel like in a lot of these in, in these well the third movie i think is an unmitigated disaster we'll find out in the everyone. first two movies i really feel like there's like you cut 15 minutes out of this and i just think it's like close to a masterpiece but because it's a little too cluttered here's the thing also rewatching this the Okay, you know when we when we watch mainstream cinema or 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 popcorn movies or whatever, I know that I'm not getting like one of my favorite directors is Soderbergh, and I, I love Soderbergh. Did you see the new one? I've not seen it yet. No. Okay. Could be a good Patreon thing. Didn't like it. He didn't like it. He made a face. I'll. I'll. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it for we'll the do Patreon. It, okay. I, yeah. It was a letdown. There's so many movies that I love where the if you're really good with the camera. It's not doing very much, and that's something I really like. So I'm not going into this being like, I can't believe this isn't like fucking Tarkovsky or whatever. But the thing that he does that I really find irritating in this movie are the interstitial scenes where he's doing like an aggressive camera push over a landscape with with narration over it. Mm. There's a lot of sort of interstitial stuff where it's like, it's just like there's a lot of motion in this movie, a lot of cuts, a lot of very like... So the pace, I think it works well to a point and then starts to feel, again, a bit stuffed, where it's like there's just a lot of stuff here, and I kind of want to take that deep breath. And yeah. You don't Who really shot get this that. movie? I'll look that up real now, quick. Someone with a camera, I hope. I'm no, I'm get, kidding. They I'm definitely kidding. did, because I've seen it. Wally Pfister. Wow. What a name. Yeah. He did everything that he's been Nolan's guy. Guy. Yeah. Um, he well, did that. Okay. She did Transcendence. Let, let's let's hold on for a second. Let's well, talk just, about, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so you mentioned the Arrowhead, right? So the the galvanizing action of the movie is that uh, Rachel and and young Rachel and the young Bruce are gallivanting about the Wayne Estate because uh, one of them has an Arrowhead, and and in their back and forth over it's mine, it's mine. Bruce fall into a freaking cave. It's full yeah. of bats, wouldn't you know? Yeah, right. And it starts off strong with the uh, whole. How do we, especially in two, like, this feels sort of pressure. I know we're not quite talking about that yet, but, like, the whole economics of this movie, it's like, you have a, a billionaire boy being like, she's like, I found this. And he's like, yeah, but it's on my land. And it's like, oh, burn. Yeah. You're you're my servant, right? Isn't that the, like, maid's daughter? That's what it seems and like. And then they yeah. have to leave because they fire everyone except for Michael Caine. So, like, this 
play thing of his. It's it's very strange thinking about like he's a billionaire. Well, yeah, the, the politics of this series are fascinating because again, the third movie is like a staunchly conservative, extremely bizarre post Occupy Wall Street movie for so many reasons. And I just realized, by the way, watching this, that oh no, all the cops are stuck in the. Yeah, thing. I know. I thought I thought of that Holy too. Holy shit! I, like calling Nolan a genius. This is like a workmanlike <laughs> movie where he he does a good job setting something up with this one that I again I truly think fails to pay off. But man, it's so fucking whack that in both the first and third movie, the, like the exact same exchange happens where it's like send in the other cops, but all the cops are already there. And it's yeah, like, and come it, on, like that's such a. I mean, again, the use of really hackneyed devices by the third one becomes a fucking drowning torrent. So it's not that bad in this one. Yeah. Uh, um, And I think what that scene is trying to, like, pull off is Nolan's idea of, like, this is the the starting of the crew moment where, like, there's a literal line. He says, send in more cops. I'm being Gary Oldman right now. And they say, sorry, buddy, we sent them all at you. And he goes, oh, no, I'm alone. And then suddenly Batman goes, the the commissioner goes, there's no one else we can send. And as he says that, and one of the best shots of the movie, I think, uh, the Batmobile goes shooting across the 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 uh, the bridge. But I think with that scene, all like so many other scenes, is Gary Oldman, like in the scene where they first meet, he's like, he's got a stapler to the back of his head. He's like, what are you, just one man? And he says, now we're two of us. And it's like this idea that Rachel and Commissioner Gordon and Batman are like starting the team. Right. But they're doing it in all these like bullshit ways. It's so great. They have three great actors that will all continue to the next movie. So it won't <laughs> be, it so won't good. be weird. Jill and Hall? Wait, what? Yeah, no, I'm just Joan saying. Joan Hall is way better than Yeah, Holmes. no, but like, okay. But I want to get back to, I yeah. get back to Holmes. Okay, so yeah. the, men, the reason I mentioned the, the Arrowhead a minute ago is that that's like the, the full circle in the movie is that in one of the weirder scenes in the movie, him and Katie Holmes exchange in the ruins of his house at the end is one of the stagiest things in the entire film where she like shows up. They have this like really intense moment. She gives him back the Arrowhead yeah. and just kind of walks away or something. It's like, it's this, really, is why you, I, this is why you understand that Nolan likes having dead women in his movies because this is, no this is what he thinks a woman would do is i love you let's make out but also i don't like you so i'm just gonna walk away now and like that's yeah. literally the two minutes because scene. there's like a sexlessness in his movies that is amazing yeah that, that I, i'm not even sure if he's cognizant of but like the, the lack of chemistry well one <laughs> the the two-dimensionality of katie holmes's character rachel is just a huge missed opportunity in this movie i i like katie holmes I don't want to put the blame on her, but she's not like the world's greatest actress in her best performances. Yeah. She's fine. She's fine. But in this movie, she, I feel like she's really, really underserved by the script as either being sort of like a moralizing, you know, Madonna, like, like the, the, the Madonna character who's like, but Bruce, you, we must be good or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, basically sexless relationship and, and very little chemistry. And that whole, again, that ending scene where she's like, when you were back, I always hoped we'd be in love. And now we are, but actually, never mind. It's like, yeah, what is wait, this? What? You're also ending a movie, and so that that relationship is just like, what is going on? They kiss, but it, the whole thing is very unsatisfying. And th- that's the thing I want to get back to from the very beginning of this episode. Bruce's mom. Yes. I'm cl- thanks for bringing it back. That's one thing I noticed big at this watch. It is actually really, really strange that the mother is given so little you know what I, the the line that i really sunk home was when he comes back he's like wearing his blue jeans because he's a princeton student and they're talking about the house and all this stuff and he's like this is my dad's house and all they're talking about is the dad and it's like wait your mom died too 
Like you, you have no nothing to do with your mom, and like the whole relationship is about he and his father. And do, do they say her name in the movie? I don't think so. They, I have no they idea. They say Thomas Wayne. I don't think they say the name of his mother. No, it's just like it's a conspicuous thing to not have any content of. Like he just is so obsessed with his dad, which he loves his dad. I mean, the, 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 the there's you know hackneyed armchair psychology to project on either focusing on the mother or the father, but to completely leave his mother out of his emotional recollection or the formative nature of Batman is a genuinely odd it's thing. It's a very weird choice, and it's a very Nolan choice. Like he. All he knows how to do, but it is weird because normally he like the dead wife is a crux that pushes the plot forward or something or is supposed to stand in for emotion. This is just like, I'm very interested in the father son relationship to the point where I don't even like, I'm not even going to mention that she's a part of this family. Right. And it's noticeably weird to be so obsessed with the father relationship that you barely even pay attention. Cause again, like let's talk about the fucking, you know, the, the, the veracity of the character. We're trying to learn about the, the, the emotional foundations of Batman and like having him apparently have no feelings at all about the death of his mother. Well, maybe point, he was a daddy's boy. I mean, that seems quite evident. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a scene where he's like, over and over again, we see Papa listening to, no, he's listening to his father's heart. Yeah, he's running daddy's stethoscope. Yeah. yeah, where like they say that, you know, when, when you're born because you, you know, you're so close to your mom, like dad just has to go drink and go to a job. And Who told you that? I don't know, like a mixture of Raymond Carver and my own father <laughs> right yeah uh, and, and, and for people who haven't read raymond carver he it's a very pro uh dad goes to work and drinks guy. yeah he loves he, loved, he thinks well, it's great. my doctor told me that anyway uh this idea that i think inter uh, this movie mr interstellar is like well if you the boy after being born spends some time listening to his father's heart the connection will be even stronger than the natural connection between a mother and son. I mean, he's like in elementary school at that point, so it's been a long... He's been doing it every night. Okay, sure. That's that's weren't in the flashbacks, but I think if you read between the lines, you sort of get that every night they have the ritual of the beating heart. It's in some of the comics, I think. You have to be a real Batman head to know that. And we freaking love the bat and all the shit he does, swear to me. That was in this movie. For some reason, I I thought that was in a different movie. No, it's great. I wanted to call out the wonderful Mark Boone Jr. Is he the guy that's been in every movie? Yeah, he plays the fucking gross piece of shit in every Nolan movie. And it's part of Nolan's (laughs) whole thing to cast a guy who was born to play a gross piece of shit as the gross piece of shit in every movie. He carries the motel clerk who just fucks with Guy Pierce's character for no reason reason to the scumbag cause it's like oh brilliant you he almost got my mvp until uh killian murphy like was was uh all captured and alone and had hair in his eyes and he looked so pretty yeah he won me over let's talk about villains in this movie because i think mm. i can't tell if it's brilliant or incredibly stupid how he handles the villains because on one level you know I think he's smart enough to know that this is a movie about Bruce Wayne and Batman. There really can't be a much more interesting villain than the hero in the first movie. And I think that's a smart decision because obviously, and I I don't think we're going to play the, the game where we pretend to have no idea what happens in the next movie in the next movie, the dark Knight. No, obviously that's not really the game. The game is just like to not really talk about it too much. Well, I'm just saying in, in, in movie two, he brings in, 
basically what has become the ultimate villain performance of the last X number of years. And and every literally everyone acknowledges that Ledger completely blows anyone and, and specifically Bale just completely out of the water. It's almost like they don't exist in that movie next to yeah. what is a visionary performance that is just unforgettable. Right. So, I mean, so it becomes movie, his movie. Yeah. So, yeah. so in this movie, I think Nolan knows that he can't do that. But we basically have three boss villains in this movie that all kind of get crammed in the different corners of the movie. We, we'll let, I want to hear your thoughts about, you know, Liam Neeson, of course, as as Raza Ghoul slash what, his fake name. Who gives a shit? It's his fake name. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, and then, uh, you know, Tom Wilkinson playing freaking I'm an Italian guy who freaking owned a city. He's very good. And then uh, Killian Murphy, who we all love. And also Scarecrow. a mild boss in the form of the CEO of. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the boardroom board. guy. And who's that guy? He's fucking He's great. He's good. He's good. We, uh, yeah. The great uh, Rucker Hauer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Love him. We love Rucker Hauer. So, yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Because, again, they're all very sort of crammed into different parts that it's convenient to put them in. Yeah. And I think this is sort of like this is reminiscent of a conversation maybe we had with star trek where the first star trek movie was so much about the people getting together that the bad guy was pretty there's only one of them but he was pretty unimportant honestly and i think similarly you do have four of them this time but all of them are just very just like a secondary character i don't think he's really battling anyone so we don't get the big boss moments we don't really get anything other than him learning to well there's the climactic liam neeson train fight yeah, but I mean, I was saying like it's he isn't fighting Liam Neeson. He's he's learning to be himself, and he's learning to save Gotham. And it doesn't matter that R- Raza Ghoul—that's his name, right? Raza Ghoul. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have to be on the train. Like that could have been a scene where he's figured out how to stop a train, like at the end of Speed. Like the fight scene, and I think that's why all I remember people talking about when this came out was like, "Wow, the fight scenes are incomprehensible." What a what the what a fucking bad decision that was and i think making nolan like turning this around and making it less about fight choreography and him punching things which was so prevalent and especially in like the early stuff like making this about his journey to be himself and having the fighting and all this other stuff like be much more realistic and much more undertoned i I really like that especially this rewatch was very fun to just like see all this background stuff stay background and the rest of it sort of flourishes out of that yeah, and uh, no one delicately underscores this by having the scarecrow roar, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I know. Which is like, yeah, no, Chris, I I think we got that. That's yeah. A, that's a big theme in this movie. Everyone, literally two of the main bad guys just talk about that most of the time. I know, so that's why it's like, <laughs> I wish that Batman's journey to be like sad boy to vigilante who wants to kill this guy to learn to finally like, accept who he is, accept the state of the world and learn ba- how to better help people. Cause that's always like Batman's thing has always been very, uh, I'm a, I'm a one man army that will like basically take law into my own hands. And I think this movie is more about overcoming your fear and, and becoming a stronger person, not necessarily a better person at fighting for justice. And unfortunately the dialogue does like really trod heavy to tell us all that. Well, but but you know, going back to the League of Shadows, where where Bruce mm. first learns to confront his fear, he goes through right a passage familiar to many young men in the world. That's true. Where an older man makes you smoke what looks Blue like flower. pine bud, Blue like flower. the dankest nug. He gets him freaking blazed up. 
Do you think that's why Republicans are so afraid of marijuana? Someone because someone might smoke. Because Liam Neeson made him smoke the blue flower, and all they saw was bats. And then maybe they'll weaponize it one day. Do you think someone could weaponize like America weaponizes everything it can possibly weaponize? I assure yeah. you, if you, it can be weaponized, we have spent but trillions of dollars weaponizing. You it. could get that's our major export. You could make pot water and then evaporate pot water on everyone. Yeah, but I'm saying we already live in a world where people fervently believe in chemtrails and fluoride being mind control agents. So, I mean, those narratives are already well and out there. Yeah. So we could add pot water. Delicious, delicious pot water. That'd be a sick superhero thing if the bad guy was just like a (laughs) cool-ass stoner. It's like, I'm going to get the whole world fucking blazed, dude. 420. 420. Let me ask you. It's like, yeah, I'm 420 and April 20th of Hitler's birthday. We're going to get everybody high. I didn't know that. That's not for, yeah, it's Hitler's birthday. Oh, my God. So here's a fun fact. I'm in, Funner story. than that last one? It's a, more of a story than a fact, oh, I realize. Okay. I'm in line to get my second uh, COVID-19 shot. No, sorry, my first COVID-19 shot. And they're all like, oh, okay, I thought so... You, I thought this was, that was the present tense. I was like, wait, what? I'm you currently in, in line. In line to get yeah, the we're second d- one? We're doing this over the phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, I'm in line to get my first shot. And, and they're like, uh, they've got, you know, one some random volunteer getting the lines in order, going into this big gym in Worcester, kid, where I got my shot. And they're like, all right, your next shot will be on... 420 and that's easy to remember you know why this older man and asked one of the guys and the guy's like no and he points to me i swear to god just pointed to me (laughs) jesus called you out and i'm like oh it's hitler's birthday and he's like that's right it's also my mother-in-law's birthday i told her that once and she got mad Wait, that is a wild yeah, story. It was because I don't—I didn't know that it was Hitler's birthday. I thought he was making a pot joke because everyone loves a good four twenty joke for some reason. Um, yeah, well, because pots is nothing's funnier. Imagine someone in a movie smoking a huge doobie. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> um, but uh, here's uh, the thing: I know you don't do a lot of drugs. Mm-mm. When you smoke a sweet, sweet bowl of kind bud, you do basically have the exact experience that's presented in Batman Begins. Wait, which part? Um, uh, faces part mutate the... into maggot-covered skulls. Dude, that shit looks... For a movie in 2005 when CGI was not at its goodness, that shit looks good. No, I was th- this really... Is aged, this is aged very well. Dude, there's fucking yeah. fire coming out of his mouth and like oil leaking. Like, yeah, that shit and, and was cool. One of the rare things that, that, that Nolan kills in this movie, which again is basically his biggest Achilles heel, is that... Batman is a scary, fucked-up idea, and obviously in the next movie that is flogged to no end about the the duality of the yeah. hero who is scary You're but in the, this movie yeah. when, when he's wandering around the Nero's, the horrible slums of gotham and they just everyone sees him as this like horrifying monster with with fiery eyes and like yeah it's a really i think that's like a very simple way of being like this is he is a scary fucked up guy and that's what people see when they see him under yeah. the effects of kind bud which is why this movie is weird especially knowing what's coming which i'm not going to talk about it but just like this idea that this movie is pretty wholesome in a lot of ways. It's about, it's like Nolan is obsessed with the person who is so just so in, like just infused with guilt that they ruin their lives. Whether it's you killed your wife by accident, so you're just going around killing people in Memento, or just like the guy that your the, wife died by accident, so you go through the dreams of others to find her in different realities. Yes. Or your or wife died, so you go on a massive interstellar journey to save the world, and your daughter gets old, and then you're trying to talk to her through like a primitive form yeah. of Skype, but then you're the hand that pushes the book from the beginning of the movie. There's so many different plot devices that no Well, he also, wants. I mean, that's what I was starting with his early stuff, because he did do like Insomnia is about a guy who accidentally kills his partner. Uh, the Prestige is more way more complicated, about a guy that kills himself over and over again, and then another guy that 
I don't even remember what Christian Bale's hang-up is. Yeah, did he kill, died, did he kill his wife? Yeah, probably. probably. Never yeah. mind then. But anyway, it's weird that like up until like this movie is sort of hopeful. He learns to be a better Batman, and he learns to be a better Bruce Wayne, where we know in the next one he's sort of just, it's all about, I'm the bat you deserve, motherfuckers, sort of vibe. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, the iconic Bruce Wayne husky growl, the old Batman husky growl that, that Christian Bale just intensifies over the course of the series. This like, was, I, you said it wasn't... I like him in this movie. I, anyway, don't, I don't dislike him, but he's he's just not quite... I like the swear to me moment. It's way no, more... No, he's great as Batman. I yeah. think it's the Bruce oh, Wayne that I'm You don't like his little... In. His cheeky grins? I don't like his cheeky grins. Okay. The, the, there's something about the broken, resigned, bloated Batfleck that is perfect mm. as Bruce Wayne. So I good. think Ben Affleck really nails something about like what a, a an emotionally fucked, rich I, lunatic would actually be like. I think Nolan doesn't know how to have fun. So that line where he's like, Mr. Mister Wayne, you should try to have fun and maybe accidentally you'll have some fun by accident once in a while. And there's like one or two scenes where he's, the like scene where they go to the restaurant and he buys it and they go swimming in the pool. like, And the birthday party. And I think to bring up this idea of the double life and he's got to grapple now with pretending to be someone he isn't so that he could be someone he's actually not, that dynamic, it doesn't really come through because they don't spend any time with the Bruce part, really. Right. Because, But that's like also part of Nolan's whole thing where he is the kind of guy who's like, going to parties is stupid, I'm a serious guy working on serious stuff, and serious, remember his whole thing's like, I don't have a cell phone, and like, you can't call yeah. me, and I'm not on set, and like, you know, he, he just like, he just No seems, chairs too, right? Yeah, no chairs. He just seems like a very severe guy. And I just again, wish they'd gotten rid of the whole Bruce shit. Like, if you make this that Bruce is Batman, which is honestly a pretty new take, I think, for the superhero genre, which is always about, like, there's the superhero and then there's the alias. If he'd really made it about this guy who's so, in, like, invested in this idea of vengeance and justice that he loses track of who Bruce Wayne even is. I think that would have been much better than being like, oh, here's goofy Bruce at the at the dinner party. Right, but also it goes back to the sexlessness of no one. Where like this is humanity, Chris. Like if you if you were this emotionally distraught billionaire lunatic, like you, I want some grit and and depth to, to is, Bruce. Yeah, it's and funny again, that like this is like supposed to be the gritty Gritty oh, superhero it's so funny. Movie. Yeah, because again, like Zack Snyder, he manages to deliver a fully apocalyptic vision of, <laughs> of almost everything. But like, um, yeah, I mean, like the Bruce that we're going to get down the line, who's just like, you can imagine him fucking and doing coke and like just being like, yeah, because he's fucked up, man. And so like for for Bruce to be like, I guess I'll pretend to be one of these lame kids who who, do, who parties instead of doing their homework. Or, and it's like, fucking come on, man. Yeah. Have some fun. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. also the shit where like. It was annoying to me where, again, shoehorning Rachel and her character into being the sort of moralizing force where, you know, he goes and he's like a little, he does like 60s style, oh no, my European model friends are bathing in the hotel, you know, fountain, which is like very chaste and weird. Um, it is so weird. And they're, they're not like, even, they're like, they don't have swim attire. I thought they'd be naked. And they're just sort of like, they're just wearing their yeah, clothes still. It sucks. And then, and then Rachel's like, so I see you're being kind of a goofy billionaire playboy. And he's like, no, really? I'm I actually know. good. And it's like, give me a better exchange. I want to, I want like, you know, 
you know, Bruce gets busted with with coke having sex with a hooker in in, in the fucking convertible, and like she like sees him at the police. T- like, give me like, Wait, isn't that Hugh Grant's story? Well, that's a whole other story. But like, okay. give me like, similar but, story. Though. It should be a similar story. Yeah, because he should be an actual billionaire boy. It should be not in the movie at all. I yeah. think. I think you either really, if you're going to introduce this double side of Batman and Bruce. Then it needs to be a part of the story. It can't be two scenes, and then like just literally one scene, so that Rachel can be like, "No, no, no, you're being a bad boy." Even though the rest of the movie up to that point, he was not being a bad boy. So like we're supposed to believe that like this one moment where she catches him being so unlike himself is the like the big moment where he's like, "No, but I, I'm being a good boy. I just can't tell you I'm being a good boy because then they're gonna kill you right, if they know has, I'm a bad boy." She has to deliver. It's not who you are. It's what you do. And it's like, yeah. stop making her do that. Let her be a person. You know, yeah. like, we know nothing about Rachel's life. Nothing. She loves justice and maybe Bruce. <laughs> and the, like, the fish? She loves yeah, the tuna? she loves the massive tuna from Serenity and maybe Bruce. Oh, we all, we all love and miss Serenity, Ugh. the greatest of films. Um, yeah, so, you know, again, the, the, it's very funny to rewatch this. I'm with you. I think it's competent. I think the parts that are good are good. Um, I found... The car, the Batmobile seemed to be way too long and kind of annoying. I didn't like that scene very much. I'm trying to remember, I, I, I liked it, but yeah, it's it's not that exciting. And I think I mean, we just came out of a Reffin verse. Like if he's the he's the king of making exciting shit boring, but then so boring that it's exciting again. Where this is just like a boring scene. Well, again, talk about the, there's there's parts where it feels like. And now I'm going to do the big, crazy Batman doing Batman stuff. And it doesn't help that everyone's like, look at that car. Wawooga, wawooga. Wawooga, cookie crisp. Cookie crisp. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm an old, mature film goer. I'm so much mm. more interested in, like, fucked up Batman and fucked up Bruce. Like, that's interesting. I don't really need to see that much Batmobile stuff. And again, like, part of it has to be, like, we're setting up the new fucking big dick, new Batman, our new Batmobile. We don't really see the dick. Yeah, that's true. Really I did imagine it. it a lot. I don't really see Did you it. see the titty bed? The titty bed? What? <laughs> I don't know. It really struck his bed looks like four tits. Oh, like a like a clover? It's like it's it's like a oh. weird billionaire bed where it's made out of wood and it's got two circles with areolas on the front and the exact same ones but bigger on the back. And it just looks like he's just like surrounded by tits. Maybe wow. that's the mom story that Nolan couldn't quite figure out. He's created a tit based cocoon for the tit, end of the yeah. day. Wow. Huh. Good stuff, Chris. So let me ask you this. Are you at this point asking, one moving into Christopher Nolan's chunk of the bat first, are you asking when will it end, Charles? No, and I, I've i seen the rest, and this is not even putting my... Because maybe I was wrong, too, but no, this movie is a great, I think, a great start to a franchise. I think what it does poorly, it's just like overselling emotion and overwriting plot is totally under... Like, that's, I think, swept aside by the well chore well poorly choreographed in a way but like well shot fight scenes and interesting way of doing villain stuff i really like that scarecrow is a dude with a bag on his head like that's what this movie really changed up and it really really set the stage for even though marvel sort of goes back more towards like a raimi like early aughts x-men style where like everyone's in costumes and everyone's like really fitting the bill this is like scarecrow is just a fucking dude who makes people high and always wearing his bag on his head. And Raza Ghoul is a dude wearing a suit. Like these are not, this is not over the top. This is an Arnold Schwarzenegger saying shitty lines all the time. Like this is just 
people being people, but it happens to be in a superhero franchise. And I think that's really like that changed the game. And I would, I want more of that. Oh, so I'm I'm not asking when will it? Okay, but now I'm gesturing. Now you should ask me. So, so I do you ask it? That's a, okay. Do I ask? Do you, sorry, uh, do, are you asking when? I will am end? not asking when will it end. I think again, this is like uh, right down the middle. Great introduction to something. You know, you're you're doing the thankless third round of reinventing something. And again, obviously, I know everything they do is, is remakes now. Grow up. You're being a fucking yeah, baby. You're a baby. If your fucking complaint is that everyone, oh, everyone's remaking shit, g- grow the fuck well, up. Maybe, wait, maybe they're all babies. What? Where? What if these are babies listening? We can't really tell them to grow up yet. You know, what I gotta say to that what. Fuck you. Wait, you're telling a baby to fuck himself fuck or herself or, or themselves. Thank you. I'm clapping for me. You're just hitting yourself. You're just hitting yourself. I'm slapping my socks. I'm holding so my... to anyone over baby age, grow the fuck up. Yeah, grow the fuck up. And if you're a baby, fuck you. Right. So th- this is like, you know, the kind of thing where it would be so easy to fuck this up. And he definitely didn't fuck it up. No. And again, it's like basically a fun adventure romp. And, and he's, you know, the freaking Joker card at the end. That's how you do it. Mm. That's how you do it. That is a very good thing. That's a great franchise now, moment. Now, weirdly, I have a ton of complaints about the movie, as I've detailed, mostly around casting. Yeah, mostly about the women. Well, I mean, which is Kate, not a surprise. Katie Holmes is done dirty, and that's it. She's out of the series after this, which yeah. is a bummer. And the mom is the mom like, has barely been in the fucking series. To begin we, didn't even, with. we didn't even see the pearls. So, like, no, no, we see the pearls because Thomas gives the pearls to her, and he goes. For but the you pearls. know what's funny is he what? gives them to Bruce first. Isn't that that's like a weird? Do like, you think they're uh, you know the Greek fucking? Honestly, they have a very. He's like, yeah. well, look at these pearls. Do you, you think, think mom? your mama's gonna like them? And he's like, I like them. He's good. They're for you. I love you. Can we we already gave our MVPs. Can we talk, Dad? We sort of talked about Dad in like a roundabout way, but I think how much time is devoted to Dad, and also that this came out before the big depression of our era. Well, the politics like, this is a strange really depression. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Because the whole thing is like, okay, it, it sort of walks that fine line of being woke about some things and very weirdly unspecific about other glaring things. But the political dynamic seems to be that the Waynes have done well in the community of Gotham and they feel indebted to give back to Gotham. And so it's complicated because the, the movie keeps being like, it's sure good some billionaires are philanthropists, which is like, right. you know not true it sucks any system that produces billionaires is a broken system yeah that shouldn't happen so but on the on one hand it's like you know it, it would easy like he's like a duty-bound rich guy who's like i owe it to the city to protect them because of how corrupt it is but also my family gets a lot of praise for being good in the face of public corruption but also like it just walks this very fine line between is it good or not good to have billionaire vigilantes yeah. and it kind of dodges it pretty aggressively in this movie it does because it, it eventually like initially i was because i forgot that raza ghoul actually set up the financial ruin of gotham so it is like, initially when he says it's your dad's fault that he died it's like that's true because he's a billionaire but then he's like no it's because he didn't act and oh by the way later i'm the one that made him a billionaire essentially well that's what i'm saying because also like you know with the league of shadows being like generically behind all bad things from the black plague to fucking whatever they rule by the way the league of shadows yeah if they're behind all that shit they're getting a lot done they're getting a lot done they sacked rome they made the plague like this is big shit i could not no yeah definitely never not you. No. do that so but so are they saying that like 
Cap- I don't, capitalism and I that's a product of the League of Shadows, are they saying? Or so they're, like, no, they're saying that capitalism is very so easily corrupted that that was their first uh-huh. attempts to take down Gotham was through economic uh, destruction, like making people poor so that they would rise up and destroy. But that, honestly, like most revolutions don't end in destruction. Revolutions end in a restructuring. Right. And also, so I want to point out that, is... I, I don't know, I mean, clearly it's not like Alan Moore thought of this, but the whole Ozymandias solution to problems that we see crop up, basically, yeah. you know, a really big tragedy will bring the world together. It, it's what happens in Mission Impossible 5 and 6. It's what happens in this movie. It's what happens in fucking... Sort of in this one. Not really. No, Ross, I mean, like, cool, he does to bring harmony, it. you have to create tragedy. Yeah. Thanos, obviously, in, sure. in the Marvel. So I'm saying, I'm interested that in the first movie we get to... We are part of the secret elite force that will balance the scales of justice through an act of, of un- unprecedented horror. And especially because, like, everyone talks about post 9 11 this, post 9 11 that, a phrase that means less and less as we realize that, like, just everything's completely fucked. So, why, it, 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 don't put it all on 9 11. That, that didn't help, but it sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's our Josh's big take. 9 11 didn't help. Didn't help. Yeah. Me, I mean, there I'm were still a lot out. of existent problems. I'm still out on that. I still, think it yeah. might have helped. Right. So, I'm saying. It, it, that is, it's interesting to me that that's the dynamic, and a lot of these franchises get to that point later on. Yeah, obviously that is the culmination for Marvel and Mission Impossible. Certainly, that's the culmination of years of building up to a terrorist who's like, I, I have principles or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and it's going to actually help the world by killing people. Yeah, so I don't know. They kind of get that out of the way in the first movie, which is interesting. Yeah. I guess that that heightens the terror of Joker theoretically, who has no goal because some guys. The only thing they would like to do, I'm just so one thing, right now. What is, is that? freaking watch the world burn, baby. Oh, yeah. Burn, yeah, yeah, yeah. baby, burn. Why? I am the Joker. Burn, baby, burn. That's the Joker song. So we yeah. have the Nolan song and the yeah, Joker song. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Going kind of like to the nuclear option, so to speak, somewhat uh, somewhat quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, it's sort of also put into place by having such weak villains so that like this whole idea that might spread marvel's you know six-part avenger franchise this is just like eh, it's just what we do you know we've done it before we'll just keep doing it so i think it's all sort of watered down i think that's sort of what nolan did to this was like water down a lot of what people thought about when they thought about superhero stuff was fancy costumes and crazy ideas and just like big shit and he's like well what if it was just like not really seen or talked about in a lot of in a lot of ways that normally would take up so much time and space in, in previous yeah, yeah to franchises. his credit they, they get all of the exposition around the league of shadows into basically mm. one paragraph pretty late into the movie yeah and then earlier the like just the well they, pre- pretty well done montage of him training you also get the like this is sort of what we are and this is why we want you to be in this yeah it's, it's good it's economic but to me the economics of this movie when you learn later that like the line of daddy almost went bankrupt to try to solve the problem of poverty a is like it's so out of touch to think that like you need billions of dollars to solve one city's like homelessness problem like dude that that shit that shit he did not need to go bankrupt to like help people who live in the narrows yeah it certainly serves the elite to like make it seem like it's incomprehensible that we could do something like i don't know provide basic housing to people yeah i built the train that's cheap like that's the <laughs> line it's like it's a cheaper train than right. the old so train that, that's what i'm saying it's so, like again like it does this weird mixture of being like 
rich people in a corrupt system of elites are to blame for this, but also thank God for the generosity yeah. and magnanimity, magnanimous nature of some rich people. So the cake and eating it too, and also like you know, inexpensive public transport should be free. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> okay. the cheaper okay, option. Tom Wayne, you piece of shit. Should be free. Parking is theft. Parking is theft. Thank you. That's what yeah. we've all been saying. I don't even... Is that what people say? I think I feel like that's in my brain, yeah. and I don't really know what it means. My man, you got worms in your brain. I've I been got, saying it for years. Well, thankfully, I got magloxoxidin, and in, in, it's the in, dewormer. Invermectin. I tried, I tried the vaccine. I didn't really like it, so I went with the dewormer. Yeah, horse dewormer. Horse dewormer would have been a great grindcore band, but now I feel like it's a little on the nose. Yeah, it's also goat. I've really any uh, any creature. I think mm. any any uh, farming animal. So then again, in the third movie, Gotham's going to get nuked. I'm just I'm just saying, like like it's just very funny to think about how the series. Uh, is it weird that they're so obsessed with Gotham? So that's I want to talk about that. <laughs> It's. I don't really understand what Gotham is. Why is well, it? Well, it only gets more and more. Well, because bizarre. they they to talk about how cool the Wayne family is. Uh, old old Papa 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 Wayne was on the Underground Railroad. Toot toot. And but like, so we're supposed to believe that everything else is the same. There was a civil war, and there were slaves, and there's hundreds of years of all this bullshit. But the only difference is that no nine eleven. It's called Gotham and not called Manhattan. Well, it also it, it, you get big Chicago energy out of this movie. Yeah, I know they you shot the L they, they did stuff in like New York, London, and Chicago. The second one, very much as I recall, feels very Chicago because it's like a very open space. Yeah, shot in IMAX, which is a very Chicago feeling. Chicago, everything is freaking bigger in Chicago. Forget about fucking Texas. Forget about it. The pizza in Chicago, real big, deep. I had it. Yeah, it's not very good. I had hot dogs there. Tacos. And how big were those fucking hot dogs, huh? They're huge, man. So They're fucking... My freaking forearm. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I think we've done a good job covering the bases here. <laughs> we did we, such a good we job. Did Can we get an award? Out of this world. Um, we, no, that's yours, That's buddy. mine. I'm not taking it. It's my chiropractor it. patient award on uh, my desk. It's a little gold astronaut. What does that have to do with chiropracting? Uh, because I was a good patient. And you're out, of this, out of this world. He gives that to everyone or just you? No, just good patients. Interesting. I think he, he got a lot of billable hours out of me with the insurance company after the car accident. So he spent a so, hundred dollars on that solid yeah, gold. Yeah, pick it up. It definitely is a, a uh, you can tell every cent. <laughs> it's so heavy. I know it's so it's yeah, so yeah, heavy. Charles is crying and sweating. Um, yeah, don't break it. So let me see. Let, let's uh, other other major performances. You know, Morgan Freeman is Lucius Fox. That's a great name for any character. Yeah, he's fine. He's like he's doing some business. He's I mean, doing he's, his thing. He's doing. I find Gary Oldman typically. Uh, uncompelling in this he's and so bad in this seeing him do like a three or whatever yeah makes it it's just so annoying i hated him all up until then he's doing the 11s and 12s and 15s i'm like god can you tone it down gary and then i just realized i just don't like him as an actor he's when he's doing a three a five or a ten it's all just too much gary now did you notice and this is the first time i noticed this Wow. An incredible casting in this one of our beloved character actors who we would know from the guy richie verse did you notice who plays the homeless guy he trades coats with? Yes. Is that, uh, that's... Uh, Boris the Blade. Yeah, Robin I did. Sherbedjiger. There's a nice coat. There's uh, a nice coat. There's a very nice coat. Yeah, which ties this movie, of course, to Eyes Wide Shut. We're uh, also in that movie. Did you like the, the call back to the coat later in the movie? Nice coat. Nice coat. I like your fucking coat. You bum. Fuck. 
<laughs> one one thing uh, that I, this is probably something I need to deal with because it's 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 uh, it's not a good feeling. But in the same way that when Terminator, the guy in Terminator, puts on the 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 hobo's pants, your clothes give them to no, me. No, not the when the when the human. I'm freaking John. Please yeah. give me your pants. Yeah, and he's pants. got no underwear, and yeah. he just puts Ugh. on hobo pants. Yeah. God, I, all I could think about is... Yeah, but maybe they're penis. clean. I don't know, but I just like... When it, when he trades coats with the blade, I'm yeah. like, that, I would not want that <laughs> coat. Just why do you need that coat? Yeah. Just get a different coat. Just don't wear a coat. Um. Okay, so writer and director Christopher Nolan... I, did, I read this earlier, and I'm remembering it now. Uh, there was no second unit on this movie. What does that mean? So like normally you have a second. I'm an idiot. You have then a I second don't know what you're talking about. Making the movie alongside the main unit. I, just, so, I do know what you're talking about. Okay, but pretend so I normally don't. there's like a second director, assistant director, or whatever, who's like shooting other parts Another of the movie one? at the same time. But Chris Nolan was like, "No, it's mine. It's mine." And so for like 129 shooting days, Nolan was the only guy shooting the entire thing, which is very That's, uh, that feels very Nolan. I mean, honestly, he probably feels like it's cheating to have a, a an AD now. Ken Watanabe actually got done the worst in this movie. Yeah. Man, you can't fucking cast Ken Watanabe and then have him be almost like one. Yeah. He's, he's, not even he's spe- the fake Razu. He's speaking gibberish. Wait, what? He's not, he's not, they said it was Urdu in the subtitles. He's not even speaking a language. <laughs> wait, I thought. Wait, so Ken Watanabe is Japanese and he's like, I guess in Tibet or something in this or it's, it's something like that. So he's or, play, just to make sure he's playing fake Razagul. I thought he was speaking Japanese. No, I'm, that's sub, you're racist. I'm racist. Congrats. Thank you. The subtitles listed as Urdu. Which that I might, noticed, we always get there. Okay? And it's, it's not actually that. No, it's what? It's yeah. such a weird choice. A strange choice. Now, here is another thing that I think you will find very interesting. Before shooting this movie film, Chrissy Nolan invited the whole movie to a private screening of what movie? Mm, let's see. So it's. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's shot in 1982. 82. By Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Starring Han Solo. Han Solo. <gasps> Blade Runner. I figured it out. Fuck, you just told me. After the movie, he said to the whole crew, quote, this is how we're going to make Batman. So what does that mean? I don't really know. Atmospheric, I guess, kind like of, but not that about a rapist? You really hate that movie. I love I it. I hate it. Yeah, hate it's, it's not a good movie. movie. Okay, you reminded me of something that I just re- learned. You okay. know, when we were doing the Pusher verse, you were like, oh, Pushers one and three. I don't even think we talked about it with two, but these were all shot chronologically. You know what's fun? Uh huh. That's just how Refn makes movies. <laughs> all of them are done that way? Yeah. That's so funny. I was reading, I, I rewatched Neon Demon after our recent Pusher kick, and I was like, I, don't, I haven't seen that since it came out. And I was watching an interview with him, and he's like, "Yeah, just because we shot it chronologically, like that's just how I make movies. It, like this was the, like, and he does it because he wants the movie to grow naturally. He doesn't want really. To, he knows sort of what, where the end is going, but he doesn't really know want. He wants to be able to change shit, so he feels like shooting chronologically allows him to figure out the flow better, which I think is awesome. What a yeah. cool idea. Well, and the proof's in the pudding because those movies grow in a way that's very." Uh... You believe it. My hat keeps descending into my eyes. Yeah, well, it's those cans, too, I think. I, I know, the cans. You don't have to wear the cans. Uh, I take comfort wearing the cans. Okay, okay. so well, Christian Bale's trailer didn't have his name on the door, but said freaking Bruce Wayne instead. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Wait, do you think his toilet room said Batman on it? Probably, his little yeah. bathroom door said Bat toilet. Batman. No one didn't want to give the, scare- the Scarecrow a mask originally? And yeah. The, the screenwriter talked him into it? 
I think the mask was a great choice, but yes. I sort of understand Nolan's energy in just wanting him to be Killian. Yeah. He's um, so pretty in this movie. Oh, he's gorgeous. God, his eyes, he's got some great makeup on in that last scene where he looks so crazy and so, so beautiful. So, uh, yeah, let me see. Other people who went up for Batman, Joshua Jackson. Who's that? From uh, He's Pacey. Pacey. Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Oh, I don't know. Owen Bailey, don't know him. Hugh Dancy, don't know him. Billy Crudup, Nolan love him. Bad Batman. Not That would be a strange decision. Uh, Killian Murphy, and hence he got cast as Scarecrow. Henry Cavill, before uh, his rise to being another famous superhero who we may cover. Do you think Billy Crudup could have been a believable Batman? I could, I could sort of see it, but it's harder than I'd like it to be. And interestingly, Jake Gyllenhaal. He could have been good. He's got a stern mouth. And he's very he's very wild. Yeah, so, he might have Hold really on, this is up. a Hans Zimmer movie. Oh, you got you got, I really, was wrong. You got flipped. But Someone, he's but he's not doing his fucking Bwah. No, that was the only one movie where he did the Bwah. Bwah. But then everyone else copied him. It's still it his was, fault. Yeah. It's his fault. Well, I, so I know we don't need to really do this yet, but I'm sort of curious um, since we're going to be just doing bail, and I think your your opinion of him is only going to get worse right now. Where would you put him in the in the current chins lineup that we have at our disposal? Because we've got three, right? But he has sort of a hawkish face, like he's very angular, and yeah. I like I want to like slab the animated. A beef. He's like the animated one. I like Val and Ben more because they got big slab of beef. Like George, even George Clooney is too sort of delicate at the end of the day. And Keaton, again, just to do his credit, I, I like his performance. He sort of looks like a substitute math teacher at all times. So, you know, you know, Bale <laughs> struggles to rise to to Ben or Val levels. Cause I, I really like a big lump of a man. So we're not with Ben yet. I know so far. So I'm saying so no. Val far. Val yeah. is the number so one. Your Val's he's your guy. I don't, it's complicated because I love Michael Keaton, and even if I think even if you struggle with Burton and and those movies, which there's a million reasons to, I do really like Keaton. In I don't role. like him. I think he's too sarcastic. I like it. I know, and I think it could work in other ways. But I I like the dour Batman. I like the quiet man. Yeah, I just I need more of a joie de vivre energy from Bruce, he's, and we don't get it in this. Yes, movie. so that's why I think Jake would have really pulled off the Bruce elements well. And I think he could have pulled off the... I think Jake would have been a really good call. So he was really young. Certainly on a, a haunted, weird, high-energy... Yeah. I think he was too young at the time. I, I think, think Bale, so. He learned a lot. Y- you get why he chose Bale. I just, I really like Bale when he's at his most bizarre, and this is not that. Yeah. And it's interesting that he played, basically, Bruce for a whole movie in American Psycho. Like, that's basically the energy. is just less hatcheting. But he really didn't pull that out for his Bruce moments. Yeah, and then, of course, his Batman is feral and unhinged, and I think very well done. Yeah, I, I think he's my favorite Batman so okay. far. All um, right. I do like Val in some ways, but I think I think he really... I know a lot of people hate that growl, but I think, especially in this first one, I think it really works. I think it's not over the top, and I think it really does separate what Batman is for most other superheroes. So, yeah. I think right now he's my he's my favorite and another reason why I'm not asking when will it end? I really would love to see more of Christian Batman. Well, I've got Dale. wonderful news for you. We'll be seeing more of Goyesha Batman over the next 2 weeks here on When Will It End. So, Please subscribe to the Patreon. $5 a month gets you bonus episodes. We can do two a month. We've covered all sorts of fascinating niche things from Ink Master. Mm, I got it right this time. right. To the works of, of the, the lesser known works of, of Guy Ritchie, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So stick with us. We'll be coming back next week for The Dark Knight. 
So I'll why? close out. Wait, can we? Yeah, go. To, I was just gonna say why so serious, but uh, no, let's, we can do that. We can spend a half an hour just saying why so serious. Can we really? Oh, please. Um, we'll close out with my thoughts on the movie, which is a quote from Christian Bale about the bat suit. It's hot, dark, and sweaty, and it gives me a headache. We'll see you next week. <laughs>